Welcome back to season two of Hard Hat Uncovered. Join us as we continue to disrupt the safety norm and help everyone to realize that making a change impacts me, making a difference impacts others, and making history impacts the world. I'm here with your host, Junior Gutierrez, the Dillonator, and Lieutenant Oates. Welcome back, everybody, to Hard Hat Uncovered. This is actually season two of Hard Hat Uncovered, and uh, we're actually in the new studios of Hard Hat Uncovered in Washington, D.C. Welcome back, Lieutenant Oates. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Glad to be back, man. Welcome back, Mr. Hipple. What's going on, guys? Good to be here. Didn't, didn't think we'd make it to season two, but, but here we are. But here we are. <laughs> and I'm hoping that uh, episode two of season two, that we will have that new name for Mr. Hipple. Hey, we, so, yeah, we still got a client tool bag to give away, Yeah, right? we still got it. So, actually, I've, I've, I've been given two names, but I'm not going to mention them yet we'll uh we'll wait till maybe give it a, a third and fourth and then we'll and then we'll go from there so yeah i'm kind of interested to see what those two are actually <laughs> and we're actually coming to uh this is easter weekend so tomorrow's going to be easter mm-hmm. so uh happy easter you guys yeah you too and happy anyone easter. else who celebrates that so all right we're going to jump right into it now so uh we're actually going to be going over uh fall pre- fall prevention uh, in this episode, and then uh, it's actually going to be another two-part series. I think we're starting to get more and more into these two-part series as we start really diving into this information. There's so much, man, that we're just going to have to keep spreading them out like this. Yeah, so a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, we definitely don't want to cut corners. We want to get all the information out there that we can. So, uh, But we're doing this in regards because uh, right around the corner, uh, if you're in the USA, uh, OSHA's having their National Safety Stand Down Week. Yeah, which yep. covers fall prevention. Preventing falls and construction. Yeah, and actually, uh, we'll leave uh, some, some space down the road. We're going to let Lieutenant Oates talk about that. So there's some changes besides our location and, uh, and things like that uh, for Hard Hat Uncovered in, in Season 2. We're actually going to have a new, uh, a new segment on every episode uh, that is Two Minutes with the Lieutenant. And uh, just to give a, give a little <laughs> plug-in for that. Insight. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, we, we talk about some of these things that, that we see and some of the recommendations that we could give out to our listeners. And so uh, every episode moving forward, uh, Lieutenant Oates is going to be doing a little bit deeper dive and just talking about some of that stuff and just sharing the wealth of the knowledge that, uh, that the three of us uh, bring to the table because um, we don't want to assume that everybody um, has seen all the uh, the apps and the tools and the programs and the systems out there that we have seen and come across. So, uh, so that's just a little plug in. But later on, we're going to break it away to two minutes with the lieutenant. All right. Okay. So, uh, talking about fall prevention, um, you know, it's it's fall prevention is something that I that I believe is is something that you have to address on on every job site. Um, I know that we are typically talking about construction work. Um, because there is a lot of hazards in, in the construction industry, but that does not eliminate the fact that in the marine industry, um, you know, longshoring, agriculture, in office buildings, mm-hmm. uh, residential, you know, people working at home, painters, roofers, electricians. Uh, yeah, there's potential for falls everywhere, right? I mean, uh, every industry, you're, you're eventually working at some sort of height or by some sort of edge. Yeah, so uh, actually just doing some of our stats, so looking at the, the BLS, so the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, just in, in 2017, there was 300 
and 66 falls um, that resulted in a fatality. So that is a, you know, that, that's a huge number. Um, I, I know that uh, when we're talking about stats, it's easy to say, well, yeah, that's only 366 out of millions and millions of workers uh, in the United States. Uh, but that's a big deal when, when that one person that fell and died uh, was a member of your household, mm -hmm. was a member of your family. It changes the whole playing field, you know what I'm saying? And like I always say, like things like that falls especially can happen so fast because you're trying to get stuff done. So sometimes people don't think when they feel like they're, you know, um, they won't fall or, you know, they're unbreakable, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So they'll just climb up something real quick and do it fast and, yeah, but not a good deal. No, and, and I'm sure we're going to be, uh, we're all going to be able to share some stories because uh, I know as you're talking, I'm just already thinking about guys that I've heard said, oh, you know, some of these younger guys, oh, if I fall, I'll just catch myself. Yeah. Or I'll just, I'll hug that pipe while I'm falling down or something yeah. like that. I was, you know? I was thinking about a, a, a me moment, an incident where I fell, you know, as a, as a journeyman, I knew better, mm -hmm. you know, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I remember being a, being invincible as a kid, and I thought uh, that you could literally jump off the roof of your house with an umbrella, and you would really float down, <laughs> and I did that. Uh, and I ended up messing up my leg. I didn't break it, fortunately, but uh, you didn't float down as slow when, as when the umbrella <laughs> flipped inside out, right. I realized that that was not true. Right. <laughs> That's actually funny. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, j just in the first few minutes, I mean, you know, we're already talking about some of these things, so that's why this, this podcast, that's why this is so important, because it is, it could be vital, it could be crucial to talk about uh, the falls that, that can occur on the job sites, in your home, uh, or wherever that you're at in the office and uh, you know you just we just need to focus on ways to prevent them and eliminate them so, so that they're not happening um, and that we don't uh, have to continue to give these types of stories um, on podcasts or, or give these type of testimonies on job sites or um, have to hear about how uh, uh, you know people are ending up in wheelchairs but and you stuff know, like you know that. The, the, the sad part about it is that you know we've been around the construction industry for years Right, and from what I, you know, from what I've seen over the years is that a guy won't change until something happens to him or somebody that he's close to. So, like, and, and until something actually happens to somebody, then they'll start thinking about, you know, well, I should change, you know, change my ways as far as working, as far as uh, working at heights or whatnot. Whatever you do, like, it, it, sometimes it takes for something to happen for a person to realize that this is serious. Yeah. Well, well, that change comes about as a consequence because the original thought process is that it's not going to happen to me. Absolutely. And then when it happens, the consequence is, oh, well, now something's happened to me. Now I, I need to fix this. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and if you think about it, so uh, you're talking about, you know, this has been going on in the construction industry. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to I want to jump into is, is think about when you go into a construction site, um, when you go into even after the construction site has been done. You know, the work's done, now it's a, a building that's open to the public, a building that's, a, you know, that's open now, let's just say a building like an Amazon or, you know, a grocery store or something like that. Now, uh, you, would, you would assume that all those fall hazards have been eliminated, mm -hmm. uh, but that's not the case, right? So on a construction site, you know, you're talking about some of the common things are what unprotected sides, mm -hmm. you know, wall openings. Uh, whenever you're working on the roof of a building, you know, you have the exposed edge. Mm -hmm. Dealing with some, with some other 
fall exposures you've seen on some of the job sites that you've been on? Yeah, working a lot of wastewater treatment plants, you know, everything is at a height, right? You know, you're pulling concrete for gravity thickeners. Um, you're talking uh, chlorine contact tanks. Um, ba basically, everything you do at a wastewater treatment plant can be at, at height. Um, on the flip side, you know, you got high-rise construction buildings, you know, hotels and um, apartment buildings, stuff like that. Every floor, you know, every floor above one is you're working at a height and you have some sort of guardrail or fall protection um, around the outside. Or, or there's, there's different fall hazards in every industry, in every construction project. It just, they're, they're very, probably unique to that specific project. Yeah. Tenor Oaks? But have you ever, like, what, what I've seen in the past, like, you get on the job site, and um, say they don't have handrails up in certain areas, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. After a while, if it didn't change, like say you're the, the worker, right? You say, hey, we need handrails, and we need handrails, and the foreman, the supervisor, whoever doesn't put them up. After a while, you get complacent around that area. You know that the handrails are missing. Mm -hmm. You know that you gotta do work in that area. But it's that one time that you don't think about it, your mind somewhere else that you might step over the edge. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And I just want to bring up, you know, when he's saying handrails, he's referring to guardrails. Guardrails. That, that, yeah, that was sorry. something that, like, I, I've yeah. been, it's been drilled in my head. They're, yeah. they're different. Handrails and guardrails are different. Yeah. So yeah. Just, my bad. Yeah. Man, you're good. I just, Saturday, I, I, I used to yeah. do that too. So I just wanted to. Yeah. yeah. It's Saturday. I'm yeah. still trying to. So when you think of handrails, think about stairs, you know, and right, stuff like that. Right, right. Guardrails is to prevent you from walking off the edge right. of a building right. and walking off the edge of a floor. Right. Uh, if you're in a parking garage, those bars that are running horizontal so you just don't walk over the edge of a parking right. garage, you know, uh, you know, those types of things. Right, so, right. But, yeah, I mean, and that's why it's, it's, it's important to understand, um, you know, how to recognize those hazards and then to have those, those safety mechanisms in place. You know, like you're talking about the handrails. You know, but not just the handrails. Sometimes we got to go as far as that we're we're painting. Uh, you know, the, these warning lines to let you know that you're getting close to an edge. Mm -hmm. Or we have um, these little streamers or little flags hanging mm -hmm. down. You know, there, there's all kind of things that are out there. But the, the important thing is is to make sure that you're using the right safety mechanism. You know, to prevent any type of falls from happening. Right, uh, think about this: How many times have you walked up on an open hole? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody oh, doesn't mm -hmm. walk and look at the look at the floor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was taught eyes on path. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right. Everybody doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, so it's been plenty of times that I've walked up and like this is a this hole needs to be covered. Yeah, you know and, and then there's some things that, you know, people are like, Oh, that's too small to be a hole, but you know, per OSHA's definition, anything that's two inches mm -hmm. or greater is considered a hole and has to be covered. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of that. Like, um I know working in high rise construction buildings there's a lot of um, you know duct work and you know different piping that's running from floor to floor and you know where those pipes are going to come through the floor whether it's going to be a four inch six inch whatever that a lot of times they leave that unprotected they oh that's too small someone can't fall in it well it's still a hazard it's still a tripping hazard it's you know potential to drop something down there onto the floor below so so those are hazards that are overlooked often that we need to address yep and, and that you mentioned OSHA so we'll go ahead and throw those numbers out so in OSHA 1910 23 you know that's the, the garden of the floors wall openings and holes you know you talked about the two inch gap right so uh, and so just to throw some of the numbers out so if you're talking about a wall opening um, that is 30 inches or higher uh, you know or, or 18 inches or wider 
uh, we got to protect that. We, we got to cover that in. And the reason, if you think about it, 30 inches or high, uh, two and a half feet, right? So two and mm -hmm. a half feet off the ground, you know, you just basically have this edge of a wall that's sticking up. That's easy to forget that it's there. You put your back to it, you're talking, mm -hmm. you take a step back, and then now you're falling down a, a trash chute wow. or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, that's there. Uh, and the same thing, you know, with it being at 18 inches wide, you know, when you have that opening, sometimes as you're putting studs in into some of these buildings, um, and you haven't put the sheetrock in or whatever, uh, you can fall in between, you know. Maybe someone not like me, I'm, I might not fit in between an 18 inches, you know, so much, maybe. Maybe a little wider. You know. <laughs> I talk but, sideways, I think I can. Yeah, 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 there you go, sideways. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but that's, uh, it, it's important to make sure that those things are covered. And then, on top of that, sometimes uh, when we're doing some type of work um, and you have a gap, you know, that's, that's 14 inches, mm -hmm. it's 14 inches wide, uh, you got to protect people from walking off and, you know, in that as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, while you're talking about some of the things I'm thinking about are um, parapet walls on top of mm -hmm. roofs. And, and the assumption is, oh, hey, there's a parapet wall up here, I'm protected, right? Well, you know, there's different height requirements. And just because there's a parapet there doesn't mean you're necessarily protected. What if it's only 20 inches high, 24, you know? Mm -hmm. So it has to meet the requirements. It has to be tall enough that it's actually going to act as a, a guardrail for you when you're out there. So that's just something to think about because there are a lot of buildings. Um, that get built and have access doors, um, man doors out onto rooftops mm -hmm. where people are exposed to falls because the parapet's not tall enough. Uh, I'm not quite sure why we haven't got to a point in society where every rooftop with a parapet's engineered to be high enough, but you know, we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And it, I guess it's a, a cost saving thing, but you just need to know that you're not always protected when you're out on those rooftops. Yep. Yep. So that's, you know, that's the ocean. And as, you know, as we were expanding the last season, we're going to expand uh, on it in, in season two as well. So, uh, if if you look at what ANSI says, so the the ANSI you know a ten dot eighteen, they have the safety requirements for temporary floors, holes, wall openings, uh, stairways, you know, and all those you know other protected edges and stuff like that. So, if uh, don't, don't feel okay, well, you know, I'm not under the OSHA nineteen ten. Uh, you know, th there is an ANSI standard that's out there and. Uh, but even it's one of those things, even if you don't fall, um, fall under the OSHA standards, uh, let, let's look at the big picture. We need to protect people from falling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the bottom line. Not because a law regulates it, not because there's a consensus standard that regulates it. Um, we need to make sure that nobody's falling. Yeah, and, and there's so many different systems out there nowadays <coughs> for uh, fall protection, fall prevention. So, you know, if you just think about guardrail systems, there's so many different types of guardrail systems I've seen out on job sites, whether it's, you know, you're constructing it yourself out of two by fours, or, you know, you're, you're ordering a, a prefabricated, pre-manufactured set of guardrails. There are so many different solutions in that aspect. And then, you know, when you get to an application where you can have guardrails, there's, you know, horizontal lifelines, vertical lifelines, um, you know, yo-yos or SRLs. There's, there's just, there's a lot of different solutions out there for each scenario so there's never a reason to not be tied off now I, I hear this a lot well I'm just gonna go out there for a second you know and to be honest this happened uh, yesterday I was on uh, the 10th floor of uh, an apartment building under construction and I'm walking by a guy who's on the other side of the guardrail wearing a harness setting up his fall protection but he's two feet from the edge not tied off to anything I'm like hey man you can't be over there and he's like well, I'll just be here for a second like, 
what happens in that one second. Absolutely. You know, that's when that's when something happens. You mm-hmm. you trip, you turn around, somebody says something to you, you're right. you're not Absolutely. paying attention, you're you fall from ten stories, you're dead. Yeah. Right. And this is a little outside of uh, when it comes to the scope of work, but it, it just makes me think about this when you're saying that one second, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a a stat I read the other day, which talks about that there's a been a rise in uh, in fatalities due to falls. From people taking selfies. Wow. And and I just thought that was crazy. So they were giving these scenarios that people hanging over the edge of a building, trying oh, to get yeah. the effect of that right. they're falling, right. or uh, on the edge of a canyon, trying to get that effect. And so I read that stat the other day that that's on a rise. And so I'm just like, yeah, man, no, that's that a, one second. That one second to take a quick picture. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you don't think that something's gonna happen, but you, you can't predict. You can't predict when something's gonna happen. No. Right? You can mm-hmm. you can be the most careful person in the world. You know. A bird's gonna, you know, dive down mm-hmm. at you and scare you. You know, you don't, you never know what's gonna happen. I'm, you know, that's kind of an out of the box scenario, mm-hmm. but it could happen, it could right? Happen, right. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. So even if you're gonna be there for one second, you gotta be protected. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, and then moving on to that, uh, the next topic there is just uh, the improper scaffolding construction. Mm-hmm. So so there's two aspects that I want to talk about. So um, during the actual construction of the scaffold or the scaffold not being properly built, mm-hmm. right? So just, just an example on the, uh, while, it's being, uh, while it's being erected is that I have seen scenarios where um, individuals have been uh, erecting a scaffold and then there's that exposure uh, of not having guardrails or something like that as they're building the next level and then they're not tied off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying also, yeah. You fail to mention breaking them down too. Yep. Yeah, dismantling. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, erecting or dismantling, right? Right. And so, the, so the exposure happens because, um, you know, in, in, in scaffold builders, man, I tell you what, they are hard workers. Yeah. They get in there and man, they they get after. You're not going to slow them down. Nope. And and I think what happens is sometimes just that that, that quick moment happens that they forget to tie off. Yeah. And then and now they're doing this, uh, you know, and they're. 15, 20 feet off the ground, and they don't even realize that they're exposed to that fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so that's a scenario there of, of during the erecting or the dismantling, like you're talking about, Lieutenant Oates. Uh, but now also uh, that the, the scaffold itself wasn't built in the manner that it needed to be. Right. Right. right? So now uh, I am, the uh, story of my life, two or three inches too short out of reach, <laughs> you know, to, to reach the area that I'm working. And so now I need to step on a box. Now I need to step on that mid, that mid rail um, to access my work. And now I'm creating a, a fall exposure because the scaffold wasn't constructed the way that I needed it to be. Right. Or, or it wasn't designed for you to step on that rail and, and add that extra two inches where you are exposing yourself to a fall by being above the guardrail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're putting un, unnecessary or unwarranted loads on that scaffold mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Or climbing outside of the scaffold. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the thing about it is a lot of people do that without thinking. You know, mm-hmm. they feel like, well, yeah, I can get to that real quick. You know, watch out for you. You know what I mean? But anytime your feet leave that scaffold, you're out of compliance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I, I'm thinking about the, the weird scenarios, you know, not, not putting up a, a scaffold on the outside of a building, but inside of a building, inside of a stairwell where you got to go around these things, you know, you're mm-hmm. building tube and coupler scaffolding. It's got to be built to a certain, you know, a, a certain spec. It, it's got to meet the requirements. 
you forget to put a horizontal brace or a diagonal or, or something while you're trying to you know build this scaffolding around objects mm -hmm. you're now on an uneven scaffold and right. you know uh, exposing yourself to a, a fall with this but that's usually when they got the scaffold expert doing it oh you know, okay yeah. Scaffold, so, oh yeah we can do this and we can do <laughs> yeah. that but no brother you yeah, know what i mean just because you've been doing it for, for 10 years don't mean you're an expert for 20 years and 30 years because if you think about it the guys that's been doing it for 30 years will take more risk because they oh, yeah. do some really you know messed up stuff in their career yeah because you get complacent not like, all of them but some people are cowboys when it comes to mm -hmm. scaffold building yeah you know? well you know they've gotten away with something for so long yeah and, and you're talking about these these i guess these unique uh situations mm -hmm. dylan um so several years ago, uh, we had a job site where a third-party inspector came in, and this individual uh, was on their first construction site. And they, they, they weren't even uh, construction workers. They came in um, to do some testing. And so um, to do this testing, they had to insert these large rods, I think they were about 20 feet, uh, into the side of the vessel, and then they had to pull them back out. And so that was all. They, they would stick these rods all the way in, do the testing, and then bring the rods all the way back out. Mm -hmm. um, when it came to this one area, there was a scaffold that was on the the catwalk, and this individual um, had to pull this rod all the way out. So it was two people: one that was on the on the one end, and the individual that was on the back end. Um, and as they got to this point, the scaffold was in the way, so they climbed under the scaffold, underneath it, and got to the other side. Well, on the other side, there were no handrails. Mm -hmm. And so as they stood up and they were uh, pulling that rod, they actually fell and they fell 20 plus feet and landed directly on their back. Wow. They lived, fortunately, thank God, they lived. However, uh, this individual uh, broke both pelvises, ended up rupturing the spleen, uh, broke several ribs, I think even uh, punctured, uh, punctured their lungs. So uh, someone who'd been on construction, I wanna say less than two weeks. Mm -hmm. I'd never been on a, on a site like that. Wow. And they weren't even there to do, to do construction work. They inspection. were there just to do inspection type yep. work. And it was just one of those things that they climbed underneath the scaffold just to get to the other side. So, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, going, going back to some of the stats I, I was talking about earlier uh, for the BLS is that 72% uh, of, of the uh, injuries related to scaffold work had to do with the, the supporting failure and the planking. So uh, what that comes down to is, uh, Dylan, we were talking about earlier, the, the term widow maker. And so if you've never heard of what a widow maker is on, on a job site, that's a, think of a diving board that is not secured on the other end. And so you go to walk out onto the end of that plank or that board or whatever it is, and there's nothing that's holding the other end I mean, it, it's, it's all over after that. Yeah, and you know, uh, also I want to just throw in there, you can't just have someone stand on the other end of the board <laughs> as you walk out to the end. I, I, hey man, can you, you stand back here while I walk to the end of this? I got to reach out here. Like, I, I've seen that or heard that a couple of times, so that, that's that's a big no-no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was on a job set where I had the, uh, the individual, he, un he unsecured the end, uh, and didn't realize it and then walked out a few minutes later and oh, wow. created his own unfortunately he was tied off uh, but he was on a uh, on a rebar mat so when he swung back he swung back into the, into rebar. the rebar yeah yeah and, and luckily you know he didn't it just left him some bruises, but yeah, he created his own widow maker yeah. um, on that job site. So. Yeah, but planking issues are all over the place in scaffold. Not not having enough planking, it not being wide enough to be a working surface. 
um, not cleating it, not securing it. So, you know, as you're climbing or as you're walking around, you kick the board and all of a sudden it goes on the inside and now it's falling. So, so there's all kinds of issues that if you if you don't plank right. Um, I've seen people try to use like two by fours as the planking on scaffolding. So, you know, knowing what the right scaffold grade planks are, what you can and can't use mm -hmm. is important. Yeah, and, and then, um, so we're talking about 366 deaths a year um, are related to falls. So 50 of those deaths in the United States are from scaffolding, mm -hmm. from falling from scaffolds. So, I mean, if you if you think about it, out of that 366, that's a large uh, percentage when you, when you really break it down mm -hmm. that is coming to, uh, you know, just, again, whether it's planking issues, whether it's structural issues of the scaffold, uh, to where there's scaffold failure uh, and, th and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, we, we devoted a whole topic uh, section just to this because, I mean, if you think about it, 50 people dying out of 366 due to scaffold-related uh, falls, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's a big number. So mm -hmm. sometimes I think, too, uh, communication. You need to communicate. Sometimes you have shift changes, mm -hmm. you know oh, what I yeah. mean? And nobody, you know, like you might be on the day shift and get ready to leave and the night shift's coming in and you forgot to let them know that we dismantled part of the scaffold and it's not, you know, they don't tag it properly. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And the person that doesn't know, they keep the green tag, say they keep the green tags uh, on it. And it's really a red tag, stay off of it, get mm -hmm. away from it. If, if the tags aren't changed and no communication is put in place, then a person can just go up there not knowing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Now, now it's easy for us to talk about all the scaffolding that we see on construction, uh, but here's the reality of it: there is scaffold that is used that is outside of construction work. So, in residential, you know, when painters are putting up uh, baker scaffolds and, and some of these homemade scaffolds next to a home as they're painting, uh, power washing, doing roofing work, and stuff like that. Uh, and what I don't want is I don't want us to skip over that as well because um, there's there's several. Uh, instances where people are falling off of scaffolds that are you know that are either homemade right. or you know someone's renting because you can anyone can go out and rent a scaffold yeah I know, right? <laughs> so I'll throw myself under the bus here at 16 years old I started with a roofing company um, not knowing what a harness was and nobody at the company wears a harness so you have no idea what fall protection is before you get into safety you know I was the lead scaffold builder up until I was 18 years old building scaffolding for you know residential houses sometimes 30 40 50 feet in the air I, I had never once been tied off and I think about back to how many times I was exposed while you know you're 30 feet up there pulling a buck of scaffolding up with a rope right next to an edge um, you know you're climbing from one buck to the next buck up with on a single plank stuff like that so this kind of stuff happens in residential, especially roofing construction, mm -hmm. all the time. Absolutely. And people don't even realize that, that they're exposed. Because to be honest with you, you know, I knew it probably wasn't right, but it wasn't a big deal because everybody was doing it. Everybody was doing yeah, it. Yeah, you were new. And that's the way I you was know, taught. Not, right. Yeah. But would you do it now? No, definitely not. Absolutely. Looking back, I'm like, man, that was stupid, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know I've seen. Uh, you know, pe people uh, put scaffolding on the side of the house and then throwing a sawhorse on top of the scaffold to stand on the sawhorse. Oh, yeah. You know, a step ladder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, put a step ladder on, on, a, on a single plank or something yeah. like that because they got to install the top of the part of the window or something like that. Yeah, so. I felt invincible when we had a scaffolding around a rooftop. I don't know why, man. If I fall <laughs> off, I'll just, I'll just grab onto the scaffolding as I go, man. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> Fortunately, you never had to test that theory. Yeah. Because it most likely wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I, did I ever tell you the time I did fall? Mm -mm. Yeah, so I, I fell um, fell off the roof twice. So the first time, I, it was early morning. I was carrying a bundle of shingles across the peak of a roof. Uh, the roof was just belted. That was it. So it was, it was slippery because of dew. I, I stepped on the roof, slid down, bundle of shingles went flying off the roof. I went flying, but I landed. We had a flatbed scissor lift truck that was raised up. I actually landed on the scissor lift, so I never fell. Wow. And I, it was just pure luck. Wow. Um, second time I was on a roof by myself uh, doing a repair, and it was the synthetic uh, synthetic belt where it's basically like plastic with like this sure footing technology that doesn't really work. Uh, <laughs> and I'm up there, and again, wet. I ended up stepping on it, slipping off, and then I fell to the porch below me. So both times I got lucky that there was something below wow. me. But you know, mm -hmm. two times in my life I, I fell off a roof. And, Did and you get that funny feeling in your stomach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just grabbing onto everything. I had a hammer. You grab that hammer. You, you smack it in the roof. Well, I already gave my my fall story. You know, with the umbrella. So that was my yeah. That well, was my fall. <laughs> my, I was a little older and wiser. And I still did it. You know. But you know, it's funny you're saying about you grabbing everything. Yeah. So, um, if you look at the videos out there, that there's two types of fallers. You know, I guess you say people that fall. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, one individual is the type of person that they grab at everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing next to somebody and they fall, you better hope that they're not the grabber, <laughs> oh, yeah, because they will just them. reach and they'll grab for whatever and take. Because that's just their natural instinct. Yep. And the other natural instinct is the flapper. So the other one is they're trying to get their balance by flapping, so. Trying to fly away. <laughs> yeah, so typically those are the two type of people that fall, you know, so just, so it sounds like you're the grabber. So don't yeah. stand next to Dylan <laughs> if he's falling, because he's going to reach for you. But the, the craziest thing, like when I was growing up, we had a barn, a hay barn mm -hmm. in the back in the back of the house. So you know how you get all of that residual hay that's yep. on, the, on the first floor. And as kids, we would climb up to the loft and jump, just jump down into the hay. You know what I mean? All just day. for fun. Just yep. for fun. Yep. Yeah. You know, as kids, you, you don't know you don't know any better. We used to jump off bridges into the water. I still do <laughs> now. <laughs> into the bayou. I'm doing on that. <laughs> so so we're talking about you know scaffolding, using ladders and stuff like that uh, on scaffolding, you know, at homes and stuff. So I mean that that is going to bring us right into our next point there. Um, using using ladders incorrectly as you're accessing you know upper levels or or act. As you're accessing upper levels or coming back down into the lower levels, uh, and and the main one that that I would I think that it happens with is uh, the A-frame ladders. Yeah, mm -hmm. I actually I think I read a statistic statistic sometime that um, falls from ladders are where the majority of construction falls uh, mm -hmm. uh, take place. You know, mm -hmm. because you know think about construction people are working from ladders and majority of the time they're working at heights, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think it was the the leading cause of falls was working from ladders. Yeah, and and in that scenario, it's it's really tough too because typically you're putting a ladder up because there's no access to that area. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, there's typically not a tie-off point. Mm -hmm. There's not really, you know, an area to, to tie off to. And uh, and contrary to belief, tying off to the ladder that you're on <laughs> is not <laughs> ideal because mm -hmm. all that's going to do is to bring the ladder down with Which you. Yeah, <laughs> land on top of you. Yeah. So. Uh, but you know, if, if you think about it, and you know, just trying to, uh, even at home, there's people that that just try to get on top of their own roofs, and they get this. Oh, only got an A-frame ladder. They open the thing up, thinking they're doing the right thing, 
they're stepping on the top step of the ladder mm -hmm. to get up there and then when they're coming back off they have no idea where they're stepping right and so they're doing that little blind you know trying to feel around holding on to the edge of the roof kicking with their feet right and then they they actually find the you know their footing on it and then when they plant it and try to come down, they're off, balance. they're off balance and that ladder's coming and they're, you know, mm -hmm. falling over and they're falling down with it. So, uh, but just, you know, whether you're using that at home, uh, an A-frame ladder, any type of ladder, you know, so it, even extension ladders, uh, you know, it's, we've, we've talked about it before. Uh, when you're using an extension ladder, you know, you got to secure it. You know, you got to use the four to one ratio, you know, four feet out for every, or sorry, one foot out for every four feet that you're going up, yep. securing it at the top, you know, securing it at the bottom, um, have enough to access your, where you're, you're going so, so to. So it has to be three feet above your landing level so you can, you know, have something to grab onto when you're coming back down. Mm -hmm. uh, the condition of the ladders, all those things are, are important. And, uh, and I, I guarantee you this, if you go on, just, just go on to any, uh, any YouTube site, uh, any site like that, uh, and just type up ladder falls, I mean, thousands and thousands of videos will come up. Firefighters mm -hmm. who right. fall off of ladders while they're trying to put out a house fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so, uh, trying to use a ladder uh, in icy conditions. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, people use extension ladders out of the bed of their truck, right. you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So Sometimes it, 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 thinks, it, it seems like they just don't think about the hazards involved. Yeah, you what, what I mean? can go wrong? Absolutely. Right? It's like they just do it. Yeah. You know? uh, using extension ladders off the top of picnic tables, yeah. uh, which I seen the other day. And, and this this gentleman, I'm thinking it was his, his kid in the video, his, his son, probably five, six, something like that, uh, was over there talking to his dad while his dad was about to get on the ladder. And then, uh, or, or the, the adult, as the adult walked up the ladder, climbed up the ladder, the kid walked away and the ladder and the guy and everything fell right where the kid was just standing like wow. 30 seconds before, a minute before. I'm like, man, you know. And so stuff like that happens just all over the world. Every scenario, you know, you could think of just uh, off the sides of buildings, on the sides of mountains, on the sides of just, you know, manways and, and sewers and electrical vaults. I mean, they're just everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the big thing to take away is, you know, choose the right ladder for the job. If, if when you choose your ladder, use it the way it was designed. Um, you know, you're going to secure it whenever possible if, if it's necessary. Um, if you're working from a ladder, I, you know, I, we, most of the companies I work for, the, the rule was if you're working from a ladder, you got to be tied off, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, but just think about all these things as you're, as you're beginning your work and, you know, pre planning your work. And then sometimes putting that ladder in place, just have a spotter there with you, mm -hmm. you know, somebody mm -hmm. else with you. Yep. Just in case. Yeah. Yep. Hey, and, and so we're talking about all these things, right? So we're, we're talking about the working near unprotected edges, wall openings, floors, uh, floor holes, gaps, all of those things. So uh, improper scaffold construction, whether during the, the erecting, the dismantling, um, if it's engineered or, or correctly built for what you need it for, and then using portable ladders to access, you know, higher levels or lower levels. Uh, now, you know, all that's, you know, as we've talked about these hazards and stuff like that, um, now we're going to get into what are some of the resources, what are the things that we can use, uh, and what some of the messages that we can convey uh, to, to you all out there um, in podcast land or YouTube land or wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, and so that brings us up to, uh, to our first segment of Two Minutes with the Lieutenant. So... We're going to cut away right now. We're going to go to uh, 
gonna go to Lieutenant Oates. Welcome to Two Minutes with the Lieutenant. And uh, I just came to give you some uh, helpful information on uh, fall protection. So it's about gonna be three things that I'm gonna go over about fall protection, three different useful uh, things that you can use in the field at your convenience, right? The first thing that I wanna talk about is uh, stopconstructionfalls.com, the website. It helps people to organize and um, plan for the job, um, provide training, make sure they're using the right equipment, train everybody uh, to use the right equipment. And the website has uh, things like training materials, ideas, posters, et cetera, things that you can use to bring to the job site to help people out on the job, right? The second thing I wanna talk about is NIOSH uh, Ladder Safety app, right? It has uh, the audio and visual signals on the app for checking the ratio of the ladder. You know, it has to be at a four to one ratio. And it also has a lot of helpful tips about ladders, right? And the third thing that I wanna talk about is uh, OSHA stand down. That's May 6th through the 10th, right? So it's voluntary for employers to talk to employees about safety. Sometimes that can be hard, you know, because sometimes employees don't wanna hear about safety. Sometimes employers don't wanna stress safety too much. They wanna do, it's, it's, it's all about production. So and, uh, anybody can hold a stand down and uh, talk about fall protection. It can happen at any time, you know, you can always do it. And uh, one thing about it though, when you do hold a stand down, you can, Contact OSHA, let them know that you participated in the stand down, and then OSHA will send you a certificate acknowledging the fact that you had the stand down. So those are a couple of things that I want to give, give to you. That's my two minutes. I'm the lieutenant, and I'm out of here. All right. Man, talk about some, uh, some interesting <laughs> information there. Yep. So, so for everybody, that was uh, our first segment of two minutes with the lieutenant, and that's some great stuff. I tell you what. Um, you know, the, 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 the NIOSH app, um, that's a great tool to use out there. Make sure that we're looking at those websites. And uh, if you have any other websites or anything like that that you can think of that's, that is a good resource for fall prevention, uh, shoot us the comments, you know, at the bottom. Share, share, those, uh, share those websites, share those resources um, so you can help us to get that message out to, uh, to eliminate and prevent these falls out on the job site. Yeah, so. and let us know uh, what you're doing for the safety stand down. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to send us a picture of your, your company or your team doing the stand down or doing the toolbox talk, we, we'd love to see them all and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll post as many as we yeah. get. Yeah, absolutely. So send us some pictures or something like that of what you did and, uh, and we'll add that into our videos and, mm -hmm. you know, into our social media out there and stuff. So. Yeah, love mm -hmm. to recognize people for doing the right thing. Absolutely. So. Yep. All right, so uh, just just wrapping this up, uh, just making just make sure everyone that there is a that you have a competent person on on your site that is able to assess all these uh, these fall hazards prior to you working, not to uh, address them after somebody takes a fall. Right. Absolutely. You know, we want to we want to address these issues beforehand, um, and and make sure that that whoever's on your site in your office working on your home, if you're working on your home, get out there and take a look, and if. Uh, if you're doing just some homework, and what I mean by homework, if you're working on your own home, remodeling or whatever the case is, and you're not hiring a contractor to do it, I urge you to please, please go out there and, and go online. There's great resources. 
uh, and, and just look at some of the hazards that are associated with the type of work you're doing. If you're going to paint your own house, pressure wash your own house, whatever it is you're going to do, uh, make sure that you're taking a look at um, everything that's out there uh, to eliminate you getting hurt uh, while doing your own personal stuff like that as well. So Yeah, just be knowledgeable, right? Just get the information. It's out there. It's available. Look it up. Take five minutes, ten minutes, read read about it, uh, figure out the best solution. Don't, don't take the quick, easy route. Uh, you know, take your time. Um, you know, the next thing is if you make a hole while you're working, make sure you're covering them immediately, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm the one removing a, removing a hole cover or to work or, you know, creating that hole, I'm going to be the one that's responsible for it. I'm going to be the one that's covering it right back up when I'm done or, you know, covering it when I'm, when it's created. Uh, I'm barricading the work area. I'm keeping people out. You know, it's my responsibility. So if that's if you're the one creating the hazard, make sure you're taking responsibility right. for the hazard. Just remember when you pick up a hole cover, don't walk. Don't walk towards oh, it. Oh, okay. man. Okay. Do not walk into it. Right. Be yeah. aware of skylights on top of buildings, yeah. um, all those scenarios. If you're removing manhole covers, vault lids, anything like that um, at, at your home, if you have a well, and you're removing lids or something like that to do some type of work, uh, you know, in your in your drainage systems at home. Just whatever the scenario, just make sure that you are aware that there is now a hole uh, around you. And I just want to throw in there: if, if when you do cover, make sure the cover is actually secured. Uh, too many times I see someone just lay a piece of plywood oh, on yeah, the hole, absolutely. you know, and someone walks by, kicks it off, you know. So make sure you're securing it. Yep. Um, if uh, if you haven't scaffold on your job site, if you haven't scaffold in your home. Make sure you fully understand how that scaffold is supposed to be set up, how it works, what its limitations are. Um, if you are on a, a job site and you're the competent person who's supposed to inspect that scaffolding, make sure that you're inspecting it. Don't just come in, Sign look at walkway. it, look at it from a distance and say, I'm good to go. Uh, look, trust me, I've been on a lot of uh, job sites where there's hundreds of scaffolds and, and you know they, they got to come in an hour, hour and a half. Um, every morning and inspect all those scaffolds before the job starts and and I personally know that they're skipping some of you know, that they were skipping some of them and had to say hey look I understand that you built this and it's good to go but while you, we were gone last night something could have happened it's easy to become mm -hmm. complacent Absolutely. You know, bolts rust you know pins rust and, and break away you got a scaffolding set up for six months on a job there's a chance that in those six months something's going to go wrong. Somebody hit, hit it with a piece of equipment, material, whatever, caused damage. So do not become complacent if, if you're the one inspecting. Just do a thorough inspection every time. Yep, and then uh, same same applies to, to the ladder. So uh, if you're going to use a ladder, inspect your ladder. Uh, if it's a ladder that you've, been, that you've had in storage for six months, a year, definitely inspect it. Just because it's been in your garage doesn't mean that, that you know, a, a wooden ladder can't get dry rotted or fiberglass ladders don't get damaged you know just just inspect them check them um, set them up properly don't use them in a, in a wrong manner don't step on the you know don't stand on the top steps don't use ladders that are too short um, or anything of that nature so just uh, you know the, the big picture is that you know we want to make sure that our mission statement is being followed um, you know we want to make sure that we are making uh, you know making an impact out there not only on ourselves, but that we're making a difference to everybody that's out there, um, you know, which is our ultimate goal is, you know, by making history and impacting the world out there. You know what I mean? So, uh, but with that being said, so make sure you're looking for us on Instagram, on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Castro, Podcasts, 
anything that's got the word cast behind it, uh, not in front of it, not cast away, uh, or anything like that. So, uh, and just be, be sure that you're hitting that like button, hit the subscribe button, and um, as always, just make sure that you're giving us uh, feedback. You know, we're always looking for topics to talk about. Um, you know, the, this, this fall prevention, it was a topic that was uh, suggested to us from the last season. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to still be uh, talking about those suggested talk, uh, topics. So if you, uh, you have anything that you uh, want to reach out to us about, you can find us all individually on LinkedIn. Uh, we're also Hard Hat Uncovered is on LinkedIn and also at hardhatuncovered at gmail.com. And so... Uh, Coming to you live from the new studio of Hard Hat Uncovered in Washington, D.C. Thanks again, Lieutenant Oates, and thank you for the two minutes with the lieutenant. I look forward to that uh, great information that you have in store for us this season. All right. Not a problem. All right, looking forward to season two, guys. All right. Going? Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hard Hat Uncovered. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube at Hard Hat Uncovered.